Coming up on TMS, if I could put a turd in a bottle. Camel toe deck. Saving Aunt Jemima. Cosmo nut jobs are in space. They are, what? Sorry. There are no sea men in space. Incremental <laughs> granular improvement. A lot of space in those other two. Yeah, lots of space. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more space on this episode of The Morning Stream. I gather it's nerve damage caused by a lack of oxygen. It happened during some kind of prison fight, or at least that's what we've been told. And how is the patient now? Well, he seems to have stabilized. He's huge. Yes, we had to put three beds together. I like fishing. The Morning Stream. Man, give me $50. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to The Morning Stream for Tuesday, June 2nd, 2019. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Welcome back, Brian! Thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, and you can tell by my voice, I really was sick. I really, I still am kind of sick. I'm yeah. still a little congesty-jesty. I mean, were there, uh, was it like full-on fever business or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it was. Because I was doing the whole like alternating from sweating to to being cold and having to have the blanket on me. And uh, this, it, it, it knocked me like I was puny yesterday. I was mm. like weak, mm. puny. Mm. I was on the recliner from... Um, about three in the morning, I finally just got out of bed and said, I don't want to, um, I don't want to wake Tina up with, uh, uh, hacking and snoring and making noise because when my nose is stuffed up, yeah. the CPAP does nothing for me. The right. CPAP, it does nothing. <laughs> it's, so basically it's yeah. like, I'm just taking the CPAP off. Yeah. I'm going to go and, and get on the recliner so I can be in a forced upright position so I can breathe. Uh, through my mouth and and mm-hmm. uh, and did that. So basically, from three in the morning yesterday until bedtime, I was in the recliner, pretty much watching a string of Star Trek: The Next Generation episodes from the middle of the Pulaski Pulaski season until uh, uh, the, the near end of the third season. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of episodes, actually. Because back then, there's it was a lot was... of episodes. It was like. It was almost, I guess, maybe not the the end of the third season. It was basically the middle of the second season till about the middle of the third season. And I skipped that stupid Riker goes caveman episode. Skipped that one. Yeah, skip that. Wait, well, that was not till seventh season. What's that one you're thinking of? Oh, you mean the you mean the clip show? The clip show that's in season two is that the one? No, there was there was the well, was the clip show the very last episode of season two? That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yes, I think so. Is yeah, my memory. Yeah. Daryl would have to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that's the one. And then the caveman uh, Riker one where he flips everybody off by the fish tank. That one happens. That's season that's seven. Late. Yeah, that's season way late. Seven. All right, hold on a second. Let's see here. Star Trek. That's when, uh, like, what uh, the- what's his name becomes a, a, a spider. Worf becomes, like, some kind of prehistoric uh, thing. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Beta Zed becomes a fish. Right. Okay. It was Shades of Gray. Shades of Gray. What is the? Yeah, that is. That's right. That is the. That was the clip show. So I skipped the clip show. Good. You did the right thing, dude. The right. Yeah. Because okay. All right. Yeah. It wasn't. I guess it was just that Riker was in a uh, 
like in uh, had a virus going on. Mm-hmm. Seems like a pretty appropriate one. <laughs> but uh, that's right. He was dreaming of his past adventures. Oh yeah, I totally skipped that. Stupid. It was episode. a sexually transmitted disease that he had. No, I it don't, was. I don't know if it was. Yeah, boy, you watch him in some of those. I mean, you know, you kind of get the thing for Troy, obviously. Yeah. But there's episodes where he's like buying drinks for ladies and ten forward who who just shake their heads like oh that Riker yeah no he's a little skeevy although I'll uh, the captain of the creep show uh, as far as I'm concerned in all of Star Trek is Tom Paris I recently recently watched like four or five <laughs> Voyager weird. episodes especially early on yeah. Tom Paris is a douchebag like big time like yeah, hit, hitting sure. on everybody it's like oh hey hey come, uh, come here Commander Kim or what your name was it Kim whatever his name was the the Asian dude Come over here. Look at these new ladies that just came on the ship. They just got on here. Why don't we go over there and see if we can't, you know, like, dude, slow down. Slow your roll. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Harry Kim. That's who it was. Jeez. But the episode right after the clip show, yeah. one of my favorites, which is the uh, the Nanites episode, uh, you know, where Wesley releases the Nanites that he's doing a, a science experiment, uh, experiment with, and they take over the ship and play John oh. Philip Sousa and put up the shields randomly and right and uh his mom's back and she can't connect with him back, and he because he won't tell her what he did right. wrong and all that yeah that <laughs> right, is a good exactly. one actually that's a really good episode that one works mm-hmm. yeah Pulaski is out of there yeah. <laughs> see you later <laughs> later Pulaski yeah you know what in retrospect I didn't hate her time like had she been no, the no. had she been the doctor for the whole run we'd have gotten fun we'd been fine it's just that you can't oh, suddenly totally, yeah. you can't suddenly uproot your doctor and then put in replacement doctor and expect everybody to be okay with it or to know that this is a lady who used to be an old classic Star Trek. Nobody knew that at the time. I didn't know that. She just looked like right. some old lady that came right. in. So it's fine. It's fine. No, and she she just there was no real connection with her and any of the rest of the cast, it felt like, right? Like at least McFadden, Gates McFadden had there was like this little flirty thing going on with her and Picard, and there was this relationship with her and Wesley and um and Troy and and uh uh Crusher would do yoga together in their um uh <laughs> their overly too tight uh <laughs> stretch pants. Yeah. But uh yeah, Mul- uh, Diana Muldar uh, Pulaski really didn't have that connection. She always felt like Here's all the crew, and they're all doing this stuff. Oh, and here's the doctor. Yep, you're totally right. <laughs> By the way, that yoga yeah. happened on the uh, camel toe deck. Not a lot of people know camel that. toe. That's what it was. I was trying to remember the, the word camel toe. Mm-hmm. Camel toe I'm deck. Still not fully. Still not fully. Hundred percent. I'm at sixty-one percent, Scott. 61%. This is how you know if Brian's at hundred percent is that he'll remember at the blink of an eye the camel word toe. camel toe. That's fantastic. Exactly. Yes. Uh, all right, so that's great. I think TNG is the perfect sick material. Like, I, I when I've totally. been ill, I've done similar things. Where last year, last summer, right, right around now, that I had that horrible fever that took like seven days to get through. Oh, um, yeah. I watched a lot of Star Trek. There's something about it. It's like comfort food during yeah, your, your illness. It is comfort food, and it's one where you don't feel like, you know, I'm not going to watch The Expanse while I'm sick because I want to be able to pay attention to it. I want to make sure I don't miss plot points. I've seen those TNG episodes so many times that my brain just fills in the missing pieces and I don't feel like, oh, I'm dozing off. No worries. I don't need to pause. I don't need to try and stay awake because, I mean, it was it was in and out of fever dreams and (laughs) illness. Man, I feel for you. I hate that so bad. Now, okay, but let's get to the. The meat of this is it one, it's one thing to be yeah. sick, okay? Yeah. Everyone gets yeah. sick, and usually it's like, oh, I don't feel so great. I'm going to go lay down. Okay, cool. Then you got a couple of days to whatever. That's not what this is. 
This is you fighting off something last week, and we talk about it on TMSPM, and then you're like, oh, I hope it's nothing. I'll take some uh, zinc and whatever. And then you got to go on like this hardcore two-day weekend, let's all help MS freaking bike ride while you're in this condition. I don't know how you freaking even did the first day. And that's the thing. You know, I I kept kicking myself on Sunday Sunday morning, um, and I'll talk more about the race on uh, or the ride on uh, Saturday. But Sunday morning, I was just kicking myself because I was sick, and I'm like, oh, I I, I really want to do it, but you know, I I was coughing and shaking and sweating in the middle of the night, and I probably shouldn't. Tina's like, no, you absolutely shouldn't. What do you? What's the matter with you? Don't, you know, don't do the ride today. And um, and I was just feeling so guilty for not doing it and feeling. Um, you know, because we went and went to the starting line and saw my uncle off. He rode uh, my aunt Barb, who has MS, had just massive heat stroke. Oh no! Uh, on Saturday, and actually had to take the van from rest stop three to the lunch stop, and then she did finish out the race, and we, you know, waited at the at the finish line for her to come in. Um, is it uh, is it un- it's unseasonably neighbor. warmer right now, isn't it? Where you guys are, like, it was, yeah. and they uh, the the weather got up to you know the temperature got up to like ninety something mm. um, along the ride, and there are these stretches where you're either going uphill or you're going on this long flat straightaway with the only wind coming at you is a is a hot headwind, mm-hmm. which is just drying you out, dehydrating you. Um, I had my Camelback filled with ice water and then I had an insulated bottle on my frame and when I got to the finish line even from just the the last rest stop to the finish line I had polished off almost all of my um camelback and all completely all of my insulated bottle wow. it was like wow they measured the heat at something like 120 coming off of the the asphalt Ugh. um right above us so arriving right below so all that that hot air coming right at us the heat of the asphalt coming up towards us it was uh, horrible so as i'm sitting there kicking myself for not um uh for not not racing on sunday i'm reminded and especially yesterday how bad i was feeling I was like no i shouldn't think about it as i didn't do the second 75 miles i should think of it as i did the first 75 miles with the beginnings of a cold mm-hmm. and made it through on the other side yeah and became like a That's, full-on like death flu on the other side you know yeah i think i think the exhaustion absolutely eliminated my resistance and so the the cold said ah we found we found purchase we can now <laughs> completely decimate this human body let's do it <laughs> Yeah, that'll happen. I mean, the, the opposite can happen where you just, you know, you power through it and your immune system kicks into higher gear and, and stuff, but no such luck. And that's where I thought it was. The adrenaline that I felt on Saturday, I thought was, you know, all right, this is it, man. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking this thing's butt. I had, I did have a pack of Kleenex and I was, you know, blowing my nose a few times along the, like during the ride, I'd like, you know, be, be pedaling along and then reach back into the, the back uh, pocket of the shirt and then blow my nose while I'm riding. It felt like real, you know, real uh, cool dude, like not pulling over to blow my nose or anything. No, I'm going to keep on riding. Right. But uh, uh, one, uh, one stop, um, I think it was, it was the lunch stop. I decided to go over and use the porta potty. And uh, how'd that go? uh, It was fine. There was like a big long line of people waiting to use it. And, um, uh, 
but it's but it was one of those things where there's a row of porter potties and then we were all kind of forgetting that there was a second row on the back behind that row right like it was back to back um porta potties so like five in front and five behind and this guy comes out and says no waiting on the back side and i said that's the title of my sex tape and then i walked around and used the <laughs> i walked around and used the, the back porta potty nice. i think what i think the guy behind me laughed but <laughs> i just you know basically put channeling uh peralta from brooklyn 99 for that one good idea i love it yeah so did you uh i mean did were people nice this year everybody was like you know riding in their little yeah, space for the most part yeah. for the most part there were a couple incidences we had a lot of folks who decided that they uh in a two lane or a two bike with bike lane were going to ride side by side and carry on a conversation to the point where even if you said coming up on your left they wouldn't like try and go single file or even the one on the left would like slide in a little bit they would uh they would just go okay thank you and expect you then to still pass them by getting into the right lane of, of car traffic to mm. pass them. Mm. Really frustrating. That Come is on, frustrating. you know, you want to have a conversation, go go walk or uh or or at the very least have your conversation and then drop back when you're in a cluster of people and then you can pull alongside each other when there's no no people around. Because there were long stretches where I didn't have anybody behind or in front of me for um, for blocks. Mm. I felt like because uh, as there's 2,200 people on the race, I found out oh doing the ride. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. It's a lot of people, yeah. and they staged the starts so that you know instead of everybody all starting at once in this big massive cluster of twisted metal and legs, um, it's like little clusters of about 20 people at a time every few minutes and uh so that kind of helps to spread everybody out and then just naturally you get the the hardcore iron men zipping past everybody and then the lollygaggers kind of dropping back behind and uh, uh i'm somewhere in the middle i've been, i finished actually in five hours and five and a half hours i think it's pretty good so yeah I yeah could, i could have driven yeah. to vegas in that every- time <laughs> Right? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> about, about uh average of about 15 miles an hour. So it was uh um that's awesome. You looked yeah. apart too. These videos and streams you were doing, you look like uh, Mr. Joe Biker Man all the time. <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny too because Tina's Tina's mom thought, "I think Brian has heat stroke cuz he's he's kind of getting silly and slurring his words in the uh, last couple videos. That last one, I decided to have some fun and put an orange slice in my mouth. Nice. And, uh, or the next to last one. And, uh, I don't think she got that. I was just trying to be silly. I think she, you know, she thought that I had, uh, that you were been suffering it? from heat stroke and was, she's like, he doesn't usually get like this unless we're at Dave's house in the basement on a Saturday <laughs> night. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. man. Well, I'm glad you're, you know, you at least got the one day. Nobody should expect you to run that second day in your condition. No way. No. Yeah. And everybody, and, and even coming off of it, George said, you know, it, it was just as hot the second day. Even though there was cloud cover near the end, he says, you would have been miserable and it probably would have made you even sicker. Um, they gave me a medal because you, you, know, you get a medal if you complete any part of the um, the race. And since I did the first full day, they're like, oh, yeah, you get a medal. Um, but I'm putting that medal away until uh, Sunday I do a makeup ride, a mm. self-imposed 
makeup mm. ride mm. that I've already mapped out and um, and uh, am planning on doing. It's not going to be the full 75 miles. It's going to be a 45, 45, 48 mile ride uh, that I'm going to just do solo on Sunday, which I think I think is a good trade off. There won't be uh, pit stops every eight miles with nutter butters and bananas and peanut butter and, <laughs> and snacks and stuff. I'll just have my Camelback and my water and you should and, uh, some you should call it a makeup ride and then you should do Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons as well. You should have that <laughs> for that kind of a makeup ride. I yeah, gotcha. yeah. Do do the two yes. things at once. Why not kill two birds? You know what Perfect. I'm saying. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're good, and I'm I'm hoping you're on the mend, and uh, and obviously you're here, so that's it's pretty mendy. Yeah. Uh, give us the percentage again. You always do this. What's your percentage? How you feeling? Oh, sixty-one percent is 61. where I'm at right now. All right, Hopefully. that's a good number. Sixty-one yep. is so granular. I love it. Sixty-one. <laughs> where did that what did the one percent just like like how do you quantify that? Do you go. Well, I was thinking. All right, I'm like, all right. Do I feel like I'm seventy percent? Definitely not. Do I feel like I'm sixty percent? Oh, easily, maybe even a little bit more. Let's say sixty-one percent. Mm. That's where it comes from. Like, I love. that. And I'm thinking about my Legend of Zelda hearts and uh, <laughs> uh, Ninja Cowboy in the chat room yells, "Granular." Have you never heard "granular"? It's a word. Go to school, Ninja yeah, Cowboy. Granular. Forty-two. <laughs> Go study. <laughs> Hit the books. Hit the books. Hit the books. All right. Uh, well, my next door neighbor, yeah. um, she raced as well or rode as well, and her her friend, she yesterday or Sunday morning, hit a uh, a traffic cone because she was she was in a cluster of people, and somebody in front of her veered at the last second to avoid a um, uh, a cone. She didn't see it. She hit it. Ooh. She went end over end, uh, cracked her helmet, which basically saved her life. Uh, sprained her arm or, or basically she didn't break her arm but um basically i mean obviously they pulled her from the from the race so she was she was out so this and, way uh, this neighbor was your crazy neighbor's wife or no crazy neighbor wife no no no, no. other side other side of the uh, other side of our house so oh, the ones where the russians lived before yes exactly oh, all right well it wasn't too much hassle for her to get on a bike and go for it was it. not too much hassle well it was too much hassle for her to continue the race that's for sure i guess so <laughs> Anyway. Uh, I have to make a, a further correction here. Uh, he says that uh, it's a word, but it was odd usage of it. No, it's the literal use of it is when you're doing incremental yeah. things, it's very granular. So 1% on 60 is a granular change. It's a tiny, tiny thing. Right. Whereas most people would say 60, right. 65. Brian right. rightly says 61. So, yes, granular means getting down to the grain. Yeah, you, get, you, know, like, you can get more and more granular the more you go. You could say... Brian could say, I'm at 60.283. If he wanted, that's even more granular. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, I went to this pool let's yesterday because we got this uh, community pool here. Oh, that's cool. Uh -huh. Yeah, and uh, it's nice. We have a couple of them, actually, and the one that we go to is closer to us, so so we go there, and it's open for most of June and, and forward, and I think it ends. I think they close it on Labor. What is it Labor Day or Memorial Day in September? It's Labor Day. Labor Day. We just had, yeah, Memorial Day, May. That's right. Uh, Labor they, Day, September. There you go. They close that uh, then, so we have this huge time to use it, and it's great. It's never too crowded, and, you know, families can come. You can bring guests. You just have to have your little HOA card, and you just get in, and it's great. So we were going there yesterday. I'm not getting in the pool because I'm just going to read, and so uh, Carter wants to get in the pool. Kim wants to get in the pool, but they're just out there sunning, and I'm getting, and I'm reading. This is yesterday, after, uh, late evening. We were there until about seven thirty, 
And uh, it's great, except while I'm there, uh, or since we were there last, they have decided right next to it to build some uh, some of these expensive condos they've been putting in. Totally fine. Oh, right. Totally, yeah. totally fine because everything's growing and great. Whatever. People are buying these like crazy. It's fine. It's good for our home values and stuff. But I noticed that the way these things are sitting and they just got finished, they're on the other side of the fence and the windows of these homes, multiple stacks of windows because they're like four-story um, uh, townhomes, they have a, a bird's eye view of the pool. <laughs> like and, basically an overlooking... Uh, I remember you talking about this when you were walking the dog, and I think you passed them and said that you noticed that as they were building them that they were doing this. Yes, good. Yeah, actually, that's true. I did bring it up before, and I was thinking to myself at the time, oh, they're, they're doing the shorter ones here because obviously you can't have people creeping over a pool like this. It's full of kids, and you know. <laughs> oh, contraire! I guess you can. <laughs> I guess apparently you can. So now we got people going, hmm, kind of just peering over there, and it's not so much oh that I know God. that you know hotels do this. I know this isn't that weird. But for a community pool, eh, just seems yeah. a little... Yeah, did you notice people, like, looking out their windows, just watching the pool all day long? I saw a head up in there. Ooh. Just a head, Ooh. like a silhouette of a head going, quiet, mother. I'll have to shut you up again, mother. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but I did see a head. So, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I just, the whole thing gave me the yeah. gave me the willies, but I guess it's fine. I don't care if they see me. In fact, it'll probably gross them out and they'll leave. Uh, they won't be but looking at the They'll stop watching. That'll teach them to look at the pool for sure. That's exactly right. Anyway, <laughs> we're uh, we're going to keep going, though, because we like the pool. The pool is good. Although it's run yeah, it's nice. run by a bunch of 16-year-olds. Like It doesn't of fill it me with confidence. That's all I'm saying. I understand that that's how it works, and they hire kids to be the lifeguards, and I get it. But when I'm there, sure. it just makes me feel like they're all douchey 16-year-old boys who can't wait to go home and find more porn to look at or set something on fire or draw a penis on the b- so tunnel. I just hate them. So wait, so it's less that they're it's less that they're um inexperienced at young and maybe don't have the the medical background and skills to be a lifeguard. It's the <laughs> fact that they're probably gross little pervs who are watching you porn all day long. You know, I, you know what it is? It is it's because I have a bad I have a stereotype <laughs> that was established in my high school years where all of my friends that were lifeguards or on the swim team complete total douchebaggery going on. Really? Constantly. Oh, yeah, it was bad. So Ugh. I think that's what that Ugh. is. I think it's just crept up okay. again and and it's fine. Now would they save anybody if they went in? Maybe. Maybe they'd be the talk of the town. Well done, Curtis. You jumped in at the right time and saved uh, Aunt Jemima from drowning or whatever you did. <laughs> oh, jeez. But it seems like they're not going to do a very good job. I don't know. Maybe they will do a good job. <laughs> what do you mean, there we go, Why Aunt Jemima? Why Aunt Jemima? <laughs> I don't know. I want pancakes. I'm hungry. That's what it is. <laughs> it just came to mind. I can't help it. <laughs> All right. We're going to do some news. She can float, by the way. If, if there's any air in her bottle, she can float. I didn't think about that. She would be in bottle yeah. form, right? She wouldn't be in human form. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. She'd be in bottle form. <laughs> okay, good. Help, right. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Delicious Help. syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine breakfast without me. Save me. I love, I love Angel Mama. She's so good. All right. 
Uh, speaking of sticky wet things, let's do this. This is your radio newscaster with another exclusive sensational summary of world and local events. Hey, check it out. It's the news and it's brought to you by. Mrs. Novak chose to get into teaching in Louisiana, the state ranked 50th in education. With no concern of education, there are also no funds for educa- for education. As such, please help Mrs. Novak raise funds for buying new tables and chairs for her class by going to GoFundMe.com slash Mrs. Novak. That's M-R-S-N-O-V-A-K. Nice. I don't know if, if that's case sensitive or not, but if it isn't, or if I, it is, then I don't capital th- M and Mrs. N and Novak. Yeah, I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. I don't think it is either. I yeah. don't think they make you do that. That would be counterintuitive for them to right. have their web stuff yeah. set up that way. Uh, all right. Here's a fun one. Saw this and went, oh, of course we're going to have this on the news. <laughs> By the way, confirm, not not case sensitive. Oh, it's not. All right, well done. It's not, yes. Arby's. You know, they got the meats and all that. We have the meats. Yeah. It took me the longest time to, uh, I was so surprised when I found out that was Ving Rams. Oh, really? I, I, I think I knew, well, maybe someone had to tell me to. Maybe I didn't know either. Yeah. Someone had, I think, I think, I think, Cam I think or, you and I might have found out the same time. I want to say that Randy told us during an episode of Film Sack that that was Ving Rhames. Was that back when we were talking, when we were testing out shakes and stuff before before you got on your got all skinny? <laughs> Might have been, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was by a Chick Fil A the other day, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if their peach shakes are back because those, I think I did put those as the number one yeah. milkshake of summer. You picked it. That was yours. I went with something. Yeah. Uh, I think I did Freddy's, but. Freddy's, Freddy's, yeah, but we, awesome as well. but we had some argument about whether that's truly a shake. Is it's like a custard thing? Is that different? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, making me hungry right now thinking about it. Hey, I will be. <laughs> uh, I, let's let me tell the world. Hold on. Yeah. Uh-huh. I lost this week. I did a seven day, um, a seven day really solid run of uh, oh, exercise and better like food tracking and all that. Yep, all that seven day streak, and I am at. Uh, let's see, six point eight pounds down. I lost six and a half, or almost nice. seven pounds, and just in that week. Yeah, just being dude. That's awesome. Being less of a pig. That's so uh, cool. I don't think I had any weeks where I lost that much since like the first couple. Yeah, weeks, they, right? they, like, my my expectation is the same. I'm gonna have like a real run here at the top, and then it'll slow down as I get lower. But yeah. Oh well, you've been but you've been losing weight. For you know the weeks before that, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah. isn't. Uh, oh yeah. So I, I probably so, yeah. shaved. You're doing great. You're doing great. Probably shaved 15 off since I started the skinny Scott stuff, and then uh, according to this, my my goal weight, which is right around 220, will happen in October if I keep this current rate up. That's when it'll happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try real hard. You know what really pushed me over the edge and made me really stick to it this week? Let me tell you. The doctor looking yeah. at me going, low T, low T. Oh, the low T, sure. Piss me yeah. off. Piss me off. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. talk about this here thing. Arby's, <laughs> uh, Arby's, they're making meat-based vegetables to uh, rival plant-based meats. <laughs> so this is possible vegetables. Yeah, possible vegetables. <laughs> As opposed to impossible meat, it was, these are possible vegetables. <laughs> That's right. This is in response to the meatless burger craze, which apparently is taking the world by storm, although I've still not tried one. I kind of want to. Uh, have you done that? Have you tried any of this impossible I meat? I did. I had, an, I had an impossible burger in Vegas, uh, where I had a bite of uh, 
Tanner's Impossible Burger in Vegas while we were there for TMS Vegas this last time. And uh, I was amazed at how um, how much like meat it tasted. It was like texture-wise uh, was probably the only place where I noticed a difference. Flavor, totally. Really? Totally meat. Yeah. I'm down with that. I could do that. But it's got more points than than regular meat, so than than regular beef. So it it wouldn't make sense for me to do it while I'm on the Weight Watchers thing. Uh, our Del Taco, which is Spanish for Del Taco, uh, up the road here. <laughs> they, right? They have. I'm sure they have them everywhere. It's just a guy's name. His name is Del Taco. It's just a guy. Yeah. Hey You're Del, at, how you doing? Del, oh, good. Del computers wasn't working out. Decided to make a <laughs> make a taco. Dude, you're getting a Del Taco. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I went over there and they, we were there, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember how long ago this was, but they now have a taco selection that is that impossible mm-hmm. meat thing choice. Uh, I didn't look at calories, but the price was more. And that's going to be the big holdback for a lot of people. Like, And I know how this goes right. with trends. Trends are expensive um, until they're not trends anymore. And I understand that. But yeah. if you really want people to go for these alternatives, you got to be as as priced like meat or under it's got to be that way or else it's never going to take off the way you want it to it'll be all hipsters and shitheads so yeah and uh the the impossible meat folks are finding that they're having a hard time keeping up with demand so i mean there's a positive aspect to this but you know the prices are even going to go higher if they can't keep up with sorry i just noticed something uh, how things are going mr real mr Roboto says it's synthetic meat it's going to give you cancer it's vegetable based meat it's it's not fake meat. It's not synthetic. They don't make it in a factory. Well, they do, but it's made from veg- vegetable stuff that makes it. It's not like it's made out of space <laughs> dust or something. It doesn't work that way. Right, right. Anyway. Uh, Brian, let's talk about... Oh, I, I guess I haven't told you where you get these and stuff. Here you go. Company, yeah. company posted a video Wednesday showing their new creation this last Wednesday. These are carrots made of turkey breast. It's a 60-second video titled... The Merit. Not like Tom Merritt, but The Merit. The Merit. Uh, it opened with the line, quote, if they can make meat from veggies and other stuff, we can make veggies from meat. Then shows the turkey breast being sliced and rolled into the shape of carrots in a cheesecloth. Uh, <laughs> so this is at Arby's. Like, at Arby's, you can get this. Yes, right now, I think. Well, maybe they're suggesting that you will soon, but I, I, I haven't actually gone to check, so I don't know that for sure. Uh, the chef That's then hilarious. cooked the meat sous vide style. They placed it in a vacuum sealed bag, cooked in a temperature controlled water before rolling the pieces of uh, special dried carrot juice powder and roasting them uh, in a change from Arby's classic slogan, slogan. We have the meats. The video closes with the words. We have the meatstables. Meat. Sorry. Vegetables. Vegetables. <laughs> Who the hell is calling me? Hold on. We that, goes vegetables. To, that goes to voicemail. We'll listen to it. Uh, plant-based meats right. are the latest incarnation of making vegetables look like what, what or, sorry, look like what Americans really want, uh, which is a great tasty meal, says Jim Taylor, chief marketing officer at Arby's. Well, I bet that guy has some tricks up his sleeve because they're pretty good right now. I like Arby's. <laughs> right. I could eat there now. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll get me a euro today. Those aren't so bad. You know, otherwise. yeah, and the fact that, I mean, they've got turkey sandwiches. They've got roast chicken sandwich. Oh, pecan chicken salad sandwich. Yeah, that doesn't look like it'd be. Low, uh, mm. low points, but I do forget about the fact that they've got a lot of turkey, um, turkey sandwiches and chicken roast chicken sandwiches that would probably be points wise more on track with, with where things should be. I for agree. Me. Yeah, I agree. 
but I'm not seeing I'm on their I'm on their page right now and I'm not seeing unfortunately the vegetables have not made it to their website. Oh, that's too bad. Can I can I tell you how janky though? Arby's like you think of uh Burger King and McDonald's and their kids' meals, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, oh, Burger King's got uh Pokemon Detective Pikachu toys and and McDonald's has little Avengers toys for Endgame. I don't know what they currently have. Then you go to uh, Arby's, free with your kids' meal, little cardboard cutouts of Temple Run Two uh, players. Oh my gosh, really? That's it's Temple Run Two. I, really? That's for real? That's really. crazy. That's really what it is. Yes. What a boring freaking tie-in you got going there, at Arby's. <laughs> little little two-dimensional coin head people, I guess. Their little market fresh sandwich selection, though, very good. Yeah, very, very good. Really? Yeah, yeah. You can get a. Um, what's the one I got? Uh, they have a really good BLT, although I think it's probably high calorie. But the uh, the gyros they make, the, you can get it in lamb's meat, or the or the beef, or the sliced turkey. So you can get it like a gyro, or gyro, mm. whatever the people call it, the, the Greek thing, you know, the Greek gyro. sandwich. Yeah, gyro with. Uh, uh, with the with the you know with a meat that's less uh, I don't know less carcinogenic or whatever I don't know if that's what that is <laughs> making all this shit up <laughs> but they're good I can tell you that Mm-mm yeah good this is all not right, a direct uh, this is not us endorsing this company we're just saying no I'm having a thanks to uh, one of our sponsors I'm going to be having a vegan calzone <gasps> I had that uh, one and it was really it. good dude it was really you had the calzone already yes. It was fan freaking tastic! Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was good. That's cool. Did you do a toaster oven to make sure the 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 uh, bread stayed uh, crispy and didn't get chewy? I did, and then I used the yeah. the came, it comes with a little packet of uh, marinara the packet of sauce. Yeah, uh-huh. I poured that on it. That was really good. Nice. And then there's another one that's oh. like an enchilada thing they got in there. You're gonna love. Yes, that I had one. that yesterday for lunch. Oh, if you had it, you know then that thing's amazing. It is. It is awesome. Yeah, the yeah. enchilada casserole, totally yeah. awesome. I can't believe there's no meat in any of that stuff. I know. Crazy. I know. That was. Have we started doing those sponsorships yet? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they've okay, come well, up. Let me know if you need me to chime in on any of this. Oh, I guarantee we do. Those. I guarantee we do. Actually, do you? Yeah. What's the name of those guys? Hold on. Vistro. There it is. Vistro. Let's. I'll just yeah. say it right now. Vistro is good. <laughs> Vegan Vistro. Vistro. Yeah, it's real good. I was surprised by it. Go look them up. Go Google them, everybody. Yeah. You'll be surprised. Especially if you're looking anyway, for good. Anyway, let's anyway back to back to the vegetables made out of meat. The exact opposite of <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. Instead, let's talk about the other side that no one wants to talk about. Arby's in Wisconsin, a serial toilet clogger got 150 Ooh. days behind bars and three years probation. Dun dun dun. Oh, shut up, phone. My phone thinks I'm talking to it. I'm not. I never said Siri. Okay. Yeah, all right. I can't wait to find out how this guy is a, uh, a serial toilet clogger. Like, how uh, how is uh, a certain member of my family not uh, accused of this crime? <laughs> I, I'm, Whenever I'm gonna... he or she comes to visit us, uh-huh. <laughs> he or she. I know who you're talking about. He Actually, you know she, uh, the the big the big uh, offender here in this house has always been Carter, and I don't know what her deal is, but she can clog a toilet. Like I'm not, I mean, she's listening right now. I apologize, sweetie. You're the greatest, but for some reason, she can send a toilet screaming over the hill. She just doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure she's so glad that you <laughs> provided this information. Uh, it's a big joke around the house. She'll be fine. 
Uh, it's not so bad anymore. When she was growing up, man, every other day, I swear. Anyway, uh, so here's the deal. Wisconsin man dubbed the serial toilet clogger was sentenced to 150 days in jail and some probation on Monday after being convicted of five counts of criminal damage to property for repeatedly plugging plastic bottles or plunging them rather down toilets oh. in the women's restroom in his workplace, causing the overflow. So he was going in there, jamming a bottle in there, huge overflow. So he's not doing it with a turd. He's doing it with a plastic, like a plastic water bottle or something. Yeah. In this case, he's the turd. Basically. He's the turd. He's Maybe he puts turd. a turd in the bottle. Wouldn't that be? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Can you imagine? He has to... <laughs> if I could put a turd in a bottle. Imagine how the first thing that be. I'd like to do <laughs> is jam it to in the girls. up the can in the woman's Woman restroom, and then I'd leave, and they'd blame it on you. <laughs> That's All a good right. song. That's a good. That's a that good just, cover. That just put me up to sixty-two percent. There you go. Well done. <laughs> How very granular of you. Chapman. Nah. Very granular. All right. Uh, <laughs> it says here uh, his name is Patrick D. Beeman. Uh, Beeman. Uh, he B-Man. is twenty-six years old of Sheboygan, and uh, originally faced twelve counts of criminal damage to property, uh, but seven of the charges were dismissed in early June. Uh, says, I need to make things right and pray for forgiveness every day, Beeman said. In court on Monday, the man allegedly told police he could not explain his behavior, but simply said uh, he er, that he would get very strong urges to do this. So that's what it was. It was oh, an urge. good Lord. Like it's a uh, compulsion. Yeah. I have plastic toilet <laughs> or I have plastic water bottle toilet plug-in syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I got this in my hand. What do I do with it? I want to go damn it in the toilet so bad. Uh, police began investigating him uh, after they found the toilet in the women's bathroom of the community center clogged with a plastic bottle. Officers uh, reviewed 10 similar instances at the center since April. Each clogged toilet cost the city about 200 bucks to repair, according to the criminal complaint. Uh, look, as somebody who's had, my niece used to put like phone cases and stuff down toilets when she was like a toddler. We had a sure. toilet we had to swap out. It cost me about two hundred bucks. So, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing there's some unfortunate poor soul who's going to be this guy's cellmate mm-hmm. in uh, for 150 days in jail. Who's basically no, don't give him another water bottle. Yeah, no, what's the matter? He can't make a shiv out of it. You don't understand. No, don't leave I've me in used here. This thing too, because <laughs> all you got is the little metal can in there that you share. Uh, exactly. Yes. Oh, that's the worst. Oh my gosh, you see the, I don't want to, never mind, I'm not going to bring it up. There's, it's too political. But I saw, let's just say I saw a picture of some terrible conditions yesterday, and they just looked like the worst possible toilet setups. It just made me, made my stomach roll. Anyway, long story. I'm not going to tell it now. Hey, check this story out. Cosmonauts, you know the Russian kind? You know them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the Cosmonauts. They are uh, refusing to provide semen samples in space. They just won't do it. Uh, Russian scientists know that in order to settle other planets and build other space habitats, space travelers will need to start families just like they do on, on Earth, right? you got to sustain your uh, species must, there. Must resist, must resist Russian stereotype phrase <laughs> until late in the story. Must resist. <laughs> well, I mean, if you asked one of them, why don't you give your sample in space? They might say, too, too much hassle. See? See, 
Nailed it. Uh, says here, unfortunately, they're having a hard time with the requirement or the recruitment process. Russian cosmonauts keep refusing to provide semen samples during their space missions, putting a stop to a space reproduction study before they can even start. Uh, Irina Ogneva, a cell by... Left arm, too tired. <laughs> Can't give any more samples. Sorry. No, no more samples. Can't do left hand. Getting blister on inside of hand. <laughs> Watch Chernobyl. I think my, I think I may have radiated sperm. Uh, let's see. Running out of good porn. <laughs> in space, there is no good porn in space. <laughs> Someone did not renew subscription to MrSkin.com. I am done. I'm done with Cosmonaut Job. You'll get nothing else out of me. So cheap since breakup of Soviet Union. Pay, pay for porn. <laughs> it says here, Irina Ognerva, uh, a cell biophysicist sure. in the Russian Academy of Sciences, wants to study how space travel affects sperm production and compare uh, by comparing sperm from before, during, and after space flight. It all makes sense. It's very scientific. But cosmonauts mm. aren't too jazzed about the middle part. Quote, we constantly encounter obstacles. Jazzed. Jazzed. Yeah, you know, the Russians get pretty jazzed about things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we encounter. Sorry, we constantly encounter obstacles of a moral and psychological and ethical nature. She said in an interview with the state-run media outlet RIA Novosti. Novo Novosti. Uh, there are no cosmonauts who want to to want to. What? What's the word fumble there no doing in there? Cosmonauts who want to. Yeah, but why is the word fumble right under that? Do you know what that's about? I can't tell what that well, is. You know, okay, it's a no, word. It's just like uh, all of a sudden, a referee stepped in and called that play. Fumble. <laughs> Wait, fumble. What's, what's fumble? Is that I don't it? know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think that's it. It's fumble. No, that's uh, I think the the rolling the hands there is like uh, uh, time ran out on the like the um. Oh. Uh, the, the the play clock. Oh right. I can't remember. Yeah. I think you're right. Oh, is that offsides? Oh, that's that's, hand, that's traveling. Okay. The chat's now saying offsides traveling. Hmm. Well, traveling is basketball. Yeah, we're talking about football. Yeah. yeah, whatever. They don't have fumbles in... Uh, I guess maybe they do have fumbles in basketball. They drop the ball during the play. So wait, is it fumbling then? <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. Puma. I don't know. Okay. Oh, okay, he's saying that was the joke. Oh, you you guys threw us off completely mm -hmm. in our joke about Russians not wanting to masturbate for science. It's definitely not turnover. It's <laughs> masturbate for science is a great... That's a great. Oh, fumble is what happens, but not official sign. The sign is that for turnover. Right, right, right. So oh. they don't they don't do this to signify fumble. They do whatever it is that signifies a turnover, which is the result of a fumble. Gotcha. Now, okay. when they kick somebody out of a game, it seems like in baseball and uh, basketball, it's the same, where they come they come up and they do the T thing, and then they you know right in your face like point. Yeah. Oh, baseball, big time, and and the red card in soccer. Did you see those? Uh, we were watching them dole out the yellow cards last week during the uh, the FIFA uh, women's games. Oh, I missed it. Were they were they going? Uh, they crazy run with like it? The, the ref just runs right up and just shoves a yellow card right in their face, basically. Oh, I love that. Like like angrily. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like when they do that. Uh, but they but what if um, uh, what if it's football? How do you kick somebody out in football? Same thing. No. Not not a card, I mean, but like just pointing out, like get out. Well, I mean, go they the do room. like a they do a you know personal foul usually, but it's up to the uh, um, it's up to the coach, I think, to to pull them out, right? Because they'll they'll um, 
the refs will put a like a personal foul on somebody for a uh, late hit or unsportsmanlike conduct or anything like that. Oh. And then the coach says, "All right, I'm pulling you." I think he just said, yeah, he just kind of like says it, right? It's not that. Yeah, I think so. Not that big a Ejected deal. Ejected is, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, these guys uh, are not going to do it. Uh, it says, no space sperm could be no space conception. No space families. No space colonies. No space. <laughs> no space conception. No space families. No space colonies. And no Lieutenant Yar. <laughs> did you see that one in your watching? Or is that- no, oh, no, I did. That's a season one. Shoot. Dang it. That would have been yeah. fun to revisit that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Yar didn't she die during season one? It's two, I thought. No, did she? Okay, yeah. I apparently, tuned in after Yar had passed away because um, the only mention of Yar was when Pulaski decided she was going to do the tea um, ceremony with Worf mm-hmm. that apparently Tasha Yar would do with them, and so Pulaski took this like antidote for the poison because the tea is poisonous and. Um. Uh, and then drank the tea with Worf. Oh, right. Because otherwise it would have killed her. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll do this. I'll do this for you. See if I can find the actual Star Trek article on Tasha Yar is too. It's all like taking the lore seriously, and they don't actually oh, tell they... me when anything happens here. So let's see, because she came back a couple of times. Oh, you know what? You're right. She. Oh, let's see. Wait. Hold on. Appearances concept. Okay. Appearances. Um, better and in those listings of appearances, better not include Nerdtacular 2017 because no. uh, she phoned that one in with a, with a recording. Literally phoned it in that thing. <laughs> I can't find where she died, and maybe it was season one. You might be right. Mm. That would have been a good way to end things, right? Anyway, but she says yeah. she was miserable on the set. She hated it there. Really, that kind of bums Aww. me out a little bit. You know, like, I, I don't want to hear yeah. that. It says here, um, yeah. StarTrekMovie.com, or TrekMovie.com, says, Denise Crosby says, I was miserable on Star Trek TNG. Uh, oh, yeah. I couldn't... Episode 22 of season one, Skin of Evil. Okay, so it was. So that black that black trash bag is the skin of evil. Is that the idea? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, it says here, I was miserable. I could not wait to... <clears throat> excuse me. To, I could not wait to get off of that show. I was dying inside... This was not an overnight decision. I was grateful to have made uh, many episodes, but I didn't want to spend the next six years going aye, aye, Captain, and standing there in the same uniform, in the same position on that bridge. It just scared the hell out of me that this was going to be, sorry, this was all I was going to do for the next X amount of years. I think you have to take your chances. I was really young. Uh, I don't have to make house payments or put kids through private school or support people. Um, I was free to make those kinds of decisions. I've been in an acting school. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so basically she just didn't want to get typecast and get stuck there. That's what it was. Yeah, but then then why did she come back a few years later to play the alternate reality Tashi R? I'm going to say the, or the, the M word, money. money. <laughs> right. I guess I can suffer through some of the, uh, <laughs> the crap for this. I think she got further down the road and people went, I don't know if you really, you're all, I mean, you're okay. Probably should have embraced that yeah. job, you know? Probably should have yeah. got all you could get out of it and still be reaping royalties from seven seasons of of uh, content that you otherwise gave up. Like, maybe you should have done that. Mm-hmm. But lately, she's all right. She's in that 
Oh, yeah. um, a couple years ago, uh, Walking Dead thing. Walking Dead. Uh huh. She was great in that. Um, she she did, was really good on that. She died in Dexter in a nasty way. That's um, right. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, Pet Cemetery. Uh, what else? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing for Nerdtacular that time. That was great. And that thing for Nerdtacular yeah. uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right, let's finish up today with a story about Macy's. Uh, it's a store. It's a place you go to do stuff. Mm-hmm. We go there. We sure. have we have one, I guess. I don't know. And Macy's. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't go there very often though. It's not really my joint. But sure. uh, Kim has been known to spend some time in the Macy's. It's uh, on the way for us. It's on the way to the uh, to the other stores that we want to go to. We park at the Macy's, walk through, and then go to the other stores that we really want to go to. Do you have to avoid the ma- the the perfume ladies? How do you do that? We do. We don't actually. Have, I mean, we we go in through the second level. So. Um, it's an automatic avoidal, uh, avoidance because they're down in the uh, they're on the first floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that too. We will walk through a. I don't know if it's Macy's. I destroyed a Macy's toilet in uh, Phoenix. Just destroyed it. <laughs> did you do it with a plastic water no. bottle? Scott? <laughs> no, I did it the old-fashioned way, Brian. Just destroyed it <laughs> with a giant poop. For re- for the record, it was already kind of destroyed when I got there. I just con- I just contributed to the destruction. <laughs> you just pushed it further down the yeah. sorry Phoenix I love you but uh, here's this this is interesting a woman visited a Macy's store for makeup and left with a permanent X on her face uh, oh no yeah let's learn more an Ohio woman dropped off by Macy's uh, or sorry who dropped off by Macy's to get her makeup done wound up with a tattoo like X she dropped by Macy's yeah she dropped by How, why did I read that wrong who dropped by Macy's? You wanted, you wanted to really put an off in there. I really there did. An off in the next line. Yeah. Why yeah. did I want to keep putting off? Oh in yeah, because there is an off in the next line. So I think you you saw that word in the second line. Oh, and, uh, all right. Well, I'm ahead of myself then. Um, sorry. She got a tattoo. No, it's all good. A tattoo-like X on her cheek that won't scrub off. She claims in a new lawsuit. She's suing them. Uh, her name is Judy Plunick. She visited the department store in Baybrook Hall in Houston, Texas, for a beauty consultation in February 2018. She says she left with a discolored mark that sits on the right side of her face just below her eye. My dermatologist tried to get it off and could not get it off. He said if he used a magic marker, uh, mar- sorry, makeup or ink pen, he could get it off. Um, but it went right into my skin pigment, almost like a tattoo. And it's been over a year and a half and it's still there, she says. Uh, let's see. This is a woman who went in to get her makeup done and comes out with a brand, says her attorney. She's terribly embarrassed by it. Her face may never or may be scarred by it. The employee in question told ABC 13 she didn't recall the X mark on Plunick's face, then referred questions to Macy's. Macy said, we are committed to ensuring that all our customers and colleagues are treated with respect and dignity. As a company, we are unable to comment or provide any additional information on ongoing investigations. Let's see if we can find a photo of this lady's X. Yeah, it's on the, there's a photo, um, there's a video on the site, but the video freeze frame basically shows the lady with the X on her face. I mean, it's a noticeable, a noticeable X. Would you sue for that? Would you sue somebody for uh, for that? I mean, not really Um, a litigious guy, but you know what I mean? Like, if it was a permanent thing, would you be like, yeah, I probably should. If I felt like, I mean, if, if it was, if I could prove that it was caused by the Macy's counter, then I probably would because it is, uh. I mean, you look at this woman, and and it's a very prominent X on her on her cheek. But what did they? 
what did they put on her that would be stronger than like a sharpie you know like what uh what well, could they have put on her face that would have made something like that permanent that a dermatologist was not able to get off i'm thinking that that she might have actually had this x before yeah and as like an age out. spot or something like that yeah. and then she went to macy's to see if they could cover it up and then you know, made up this story on the other side. That's I could see that because it doesn't look exactly like an X. I mean, maybe it is, but maybe mm-hmm. it's bruising that just stayed. She just got like a little permanent little hematoma kind of thing going on there. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell. Take it to I the mean, people's court. We need, we need the, the way she'd be able to, the only way she'd be able to prove this is to have photos of her right before she went to Macy's and right after which I don't know unless you've got like unless you take a selfie of your uh, uh, take a selfie of take a selfie if you take a selfie right before you go in for whatever reason yeah for, to show your before and after she looks like my mom so it's freaking me out I don't like it <laughs> really yeah There's something about X her marks the mom something about her looks like my mom it's because she's wearing a you know what this is funny the other day I just realized this and no offense mom if you're maybe listening she's but, a mutant yeah maybe. Uh, my mom has been wearing a, a wig most of my life, and I didn't know this till recently. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, in the '60s, <laughs> she really got down on this idea of wearing wearing wigs because that was the hot thing to do. You'd wear these like high wigs. Um, you know, sure. picture picture some '60s dancing girl, and you're like, oh yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. And I think she kind of just kept wearing a wig. And oops, that's covering your face. Sorry. There we go. Um, and I never really knew it and now that now i know it and now it's just driving me crazy because i think about all these pictures like i've looked at some old pictures of me in high school and there's my mom and she's wearing a wig and i just never knew i had no idea just wasn't a thing so yeah that's like crazy wow it's like finding out that uh what's that like finding out Uh, it's like finding out that ted danson was wearing one for five seasons of cheers (laughs) (laughs) that's true that was another one and is he still? I still has some kind of weave, right? He does something, even though it's all gray and thin. I don't know if he does. Well, I guess he must, right? Because he, you know, he's got the the white, the white hair now, but um, he doesn't have the the bald spot in the back uh, back center. So maybe, yeah. Uh, Let's see. It says uh, bald implants before and after pictures. Oh, he had implants. Oh, look at that. Oh yeah, they're oh, implants. JC Calhoun says that when he's on the good place, he does. So there's you can see. Uh, to Denson's bald spot on the good place. He's such an iconic dude. He really is. He makes me want to. That just makes me want to watch Fargo season two again. He was really good on that. People people forget he was there, that he was in Fargo, and he was yeah. fan freaking tastic. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Man, some of these plastic surgery before and afters are frightening. Yeah, like just the ones that are botched, where people just look like I know. Oh. I I feel like. I hope uh, that stuff is uh, is starting to disappear. Mm-hmm. Like I hope I hope not starting to disappear. Let me let me rephrase that. I hope that that um, there's less and less plastic surgery being done because of how obvious and weird it's starting to look. Yeah, or you, know, you look at somebody, you can say, "Oh my God, she looks that she's just had really bad plastic surgery," or it's the opposite and they're getting better. I think that's the I think that's it. Is that it's probably getting better, yeah. but I, I don't know. It's hard to say. You look at like, uh, and any of these on this website that I'm not going to show. It's just like 
big bloated looking facial weirdness. I just feel and, bad. And the chat room is pretty much confirming my fear is that yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is going up. The use of plastic surgery is. It going is going up. up, is it? All right. Ugh. Brian, we're headed toward. I don't want to look like a Kardashian or a Real Housewife of Madison <laughs> County or whatever. Augmented humanity. We're all gonna do it one day. Everybody's gonna get replaced face. Replace face. <laughs> I don't okay. have bitching resting face. I've got replace face. Oh yeah, Mickey Rourke before and after. That is a sight to see, boy. I'll tell you what. All right. Enough of the uh, Hank Hillisms. Let's move on. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to make some things with Bill. We're going to talk to Jury, see what's going on in that Democratic debate uh, deal, see what his take was on all that. Things kind of turned out a little more, uh, a little different than people expected. I have a huge Mm -hmm. beef with it, so I'm excited to talk about it. We'll get to all that in a minute. Before that, though, Song brought a a Brian, and we'll now explain the Brian. Brian, explain the song. Song, (laughs) Explain the Brian. I'm the one who's sick, Scott. Yeah, Come on. What is wrong? With uh, this is uh, Mesa Cara, M-A-Y-S-S-A-K-R-A, uh, K-A-R-A-A, from Los Angeles, um, from her brand new album called In the Gray. This is the title track. She is a, uh, um American citizen, but born in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, and so she kind of weaves some of those Middle Eastern influences into her pop music, which I really like. She's also influenced by Florence and the Machine. can definitely hear that in her really, really strong voice. Totally digging this. It's Mesa Cara from the Simple Cure uh, album. I guess the album is called Simple Cure. The song is called In the Gray. Do you know that Patrick is half Lebanese? Did you know that? I didn't know that, really. Yeah, his dad is like Lebanese. Like Yeah, yeah, just like Klinger. His ha- just his, like Klinger. His dad. <laughs> Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm just like Klinger. Uh, no, just like Klinger. <laughs> his dad. His dad's Lebanese or from Lebanon. His mother is French, and that's why he gets huh. that great skin of his. That bastard. He can tan and all that. Like I can. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. He does have good skin. And he knows four languages. He's really disgusting. Just too much is it, what he it's is. It's embarrassing, really, for the rest of yeah. us. Patrick. For the rest of off. us. Yeah. Uh, here it is. This is the song. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned.
isn't to get the most points for style. The objective's to win, not win pretty. <laughs> Son of a bitch just bit me. No big deal. This is The Morning Stream. We're doing it for Kowalski. We return now to the broadcast. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. Time for us to bring in Big Willie style. You know him as the purveyor of all things punished props. <laughs> Big Willie style. Yeah. Ha 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 is how he said it. Uh, let's see. Where's this thing? Here you go. But Bill just isn't thinking about danger. This is so true. Bill Duran, all the way from Seattle, Washington. Bill, welcome back to the program. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Buddha Cat has graced us with his presence this morning. You call him Boot. It's Buddha Cat, right? Buddha. Yeah. Buddha yeah. Cat. All right. Yeah. Like is in uh, like in Buddha Edge Edge Buddha Edge Edge. Like, but, 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 <laughs> no. Like he he sits with his big belly out on his haunches and oh look at that yeah, like he's, Buddha, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's really funny <laughs> little <laughs> tiny head very large body <laughs> how long have you had that cat how old is he uh we got it the year we got married so 2010 wow he was a, he was a little baby kitten so he's almost 10 that's a mind. that's a older cat very nice i like to see a nice older healthy cat i don't know what that has to do with oh, anything yeah. But it is good to see Bill again. <laughs> Last time we had you on, you uh, you basically didn't build a damn thing. But hey, I'll bet you did this I week. I know. <laughs> what uh, what's going on over there in the shop this week? Well, we uh, we aren't we're taking a few weeks off from putting out any YouTube videos. But I am working on a big project. Mm. Uh, making that we made the nuke, the mini nuke from Fallout. Uh, well, I'm building the launcher for it. Oh, uh, what? And oh, it's gonna gosh. fling stuff. Wow. So 
That's taking cool. a few extra weeks to engineer that thing, and that video will be out in a little bit. Uh, but I'm also taking time to write a new book, and I figured today we could talk a little bit about writing and publishing your own book. Ooh, I like this. This is helpful no matter what you're doing. This is good. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Lay it on. I like to I like to start with a little bit of my background because I do have. Before I got into writing books about prop making and stuff, I did have a lot of experience writing. My dad is a retired English teacher. He taught middle school English for 36 years, I think. Uh, so growing up, I got a lot of, let's let's call it strong encouragement to use good <laughs> grammar and to write frequently and to write with proper punctuation and pronunciation. Wow. Uh, and in if fact, you ask it, me, that's good. That is a good thing to enforcing your kids yeah Yeah, if you're especially like my my career basically is as a communicator and we communicate mostly verbally and uh through the written word through the written word i'm good (laughs) and uh so that was a skill that i i picked up pretty young and that helped a lot Uh, in fact in seventh grade my dad was my english teacher which i didn't think was allowed Mm. (laughs) That but seem my a little, dad yeah. pulled a few strings mm. and he wanted to make sure that in seventh grade his boys had the best english teacher it just happened to be him look i don't have nepotism is a is a thing man it can work it can work <laughs> for you it's fine it's good mm-hmm. i don't have a complaint so anyway i do have experience a lot of experience writing and then in 2013 i, I, th- I thought i'm gonna write a prop making book I learned an awful lot about this thing. I'm going to put it all into this one big tome. It's going to be the definitive guide to end-all, be-all prop-making book. All right. Uh, which is which is kind of laughable now in hindsight, considering how much I've learned about making props since then. <laughs> the thing I had the audacity to write, like, the prop-making Bible uh, mm-hmm. six years ago. Uh, but that's what you do. Won't you that always be true, goals. though? Because you could do one right now, and then in six years, you're yeah. going to look back and go, oh, man, if I only knew what I knew. Yeah. Like, that's always going to be the process. So you'll yeah. just always make a new yeah. book. Yeah. You're right. You just got to write volume two. Right. Uh, exactly. Anyway. That's why there's second edition. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, But I got some really great advice from our pal. In fact, I've got his cup I'm drinking on water out of today. My buddy, Brian Brushwood, he said, uh, he said, don't do that. He said, write a short book quickly get it out into the world so that people can see it and then start writing the next one so just get get some repetition in there get used to the process uh unfortunately with like with ebooks i'm just making pdfs distribution isn't a problem you know you just sell it on your website or sell it on etsy or wherever and people just download it you don't have to mail anything it's great so it's a really good way to sort of like get your practice as a writer and also get your work out into the world and get start getting feedback uh, so I did that for a while. I wrote a book called The Beginner's Guide to Making Mind-Blowing Props, which is free on PunishProps.com now if you'd like to go get a start. And uh, and then I started cranking out Foamsmith books once we really got into making stuff out of foam. Kind of committed to that and just kept writing ebook after ebook and then publishing it on our website and encouraging people to buy it. That's kind of how the, the Foamsmith books got started. By the way, I'm 100% with this um, method of just mm-hmm. you can plan and ready aim yourself to death like mm-hmm. yeah. i can't remember who told me this once but you just want to get out of paralysis it. yeah exactly it's like ready aim ready aim ready aim ready aim you need to freaking fire you need to shoot pull the trigger and fire 
And so sometimes yep. that means yeah. that means that your sense that you're not ready is a wrong, but also maybe you're not ready, and it's okay because in the moment you're ready enough. Get it out there, make it mm-hmm. make a splash, make an annoying sound, see what works. I just went through this whole thing with this card game I'm making called Space Rocks Incorporated, which is in uh, test decks are being made right now, and it's the kind of thing I've never made one before. I don't know much about game design. I know like I know what I like when I play them, and so. I was in ready aim mode for a long time on this. And I finally just said, mm-hmm. you know what? Damn it. I got the art. I got the idea. I got the stuff. Let's just make it and just go. And if it's good, great. If it's okay, yeah. great. If it sucks, great. Either way, I just I need to go through the experience of it. I need to have that experience. And so sometimes you just got to throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. And there's mm-hmm. nothing that says that you can't come out with a an expansion set of cards that maybe fixes... Um, gameplay issues that come up after the first set gets out. It's like, oh, okay, sure. well, this card's a little OP. So here's an expansion card. We just take that other card out. and Right. Exactly. And you can do, it's, like, it's like a patch. It's like a DLC yeah, patch. Exactly. But, it, but exactly. even if it fails miserably, I am going to count this as a win because I want to have the first... I want to get it done. And then I can move on and go, okay, what did we learn yeah. from that? Let's move on to here. I mean, yeah. what I hear from you, Bill, is that, basically. Like, apply that thinking... To whatever it is you're writing about, but yep. especially in writing, I feel like writing is the hardest thing because people sit down and they go, "I'm a, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a imposter." Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 and you just have to go, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Every creative person with everything they've finished, especially writers, um, there are things about the things they've made that they would love to change uh, after the fact. So that's never going away. Just make your peace with the fact that everything you finish, once it's published and out into the world you'll want to fix it. Right. George Lucas did it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does it. Right. Um, I found that the best thing to do is to just move on to the next thing and improve um, or, you know, make a, make a version two. Sure. Um, why not? What, what we ended up doing once we had enough of these ebooks, these Foamsmith ebooks out in the world, um, we turned them into print books. So that was when the, they'd been out into the world a while. We got a lot of feedback from people. Um, we kind of, had a much better idea of what these things were supposed to be and then when we if you're going to make a print book and you're going to order a thousand of them (laughs) from your printer you ought to make sure it's pretty tidy at that point um because doing a doing a recall or or um updating a book that's been in print uh is a lot more challenging and expensive than an ebook where you can just swap out a file yeah it's like a website Uh, or a um even in your case if you guys screw up a youtube video you can always delete it and put a new one up with a with an edit sure if you have to doesn't once it doesn't work once it's in print yeah doesn't work in print um so that's what we ended up doing and we there are lots of different printing services out there we ended up going with a print on demand service at first which is more expensive but if you only need five books you can order five books and it's the same price as if you Mm. order 500 um, nowadays, now that we have a much bigger demand for them, we do uh, offset printing. So we have to order a thousand books at a time, mm. but it's much, much cheaper per unit. And as someone who self-publishes, like that was a good way to sort of taper our way into that amount of volume um, without having to commit and buy a lot of books that I don't know if we're going to sell. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's a big, it's a, that's the other thing. Nobody does one-offs or if they do, um, you kind of get what you pay for. Number one, quality-wise, but also they're more expensive per book because that's mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. a volume business. Like any kind of printing is, but 
yeah. that in particular. The, so, uh, print on demand was the, the one we did. It was the one Amazon owns. I don't know what it's called now, but it, the quality was great. Uh, but it, the the cost was uh, pretty high. And then when we went to offset printing, um, the volume we buy at, we get the books for about half the price it cost for the uh, the, the print on demand. So we save a ton of money because we can do that volume. Um, but if you can't do that yet, then there are lots of options out there. Yeah, I was looking. Uh, so Lulu used to be the hot thing. I'm looking now. They are still there. They still do. And it's reasonable. Like, for example, if you're doing a, uh, let's say, a f let's see, premium paperback. Let's, let's look at that option. Uh, if you're doing a premium paperback, you're going to pay anywhere between $450 and $950 per book your cost at a certain quantity level and that's going to be a lot more than you would pay if you went and did a thousand books someplace right yeah so you just have to yeah, either commit sure. to the inventory and hope you're going to sell it all or you're going to do we it the do other way individual yeah mm -hmm. yeah or kickstart then, uh, it. kickstart it then you have a better idea of how many books you're going to need that's another way to do it sure yeah, yeah. or um you if you don't meet your goal on kickstarter then you don't order those books mm. <laughs> you don't it's that's a good way to see if the demand is there before you commit to spending, you know, ten thousand dollars on books. Yeah. Um, and then for us, the way we sell our books, the way we promote those books is with our YouTube videos. We make free YouTube videos that anyone can watch. And if they want to dive deeper into the craft, the books are available for them to buy to, uh, to make that commitment. And that way we we have the same voice as everyone else on the planet. We can put our our basically advertisements for our products on youtube and it will distribute it to every corner of the globe for free which is amazing <laughs> yeah it is it's totally amazing well uh this is these are great tips smart yeah brian let's write a book you want to write a book tms the book totally about want to write a book all right let's do it we're, we're all set we've done it uh give I'll us a do call the poop jokes uh chapter <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll do the um uh what word did i really mean chapter I think I'll do that. <laughs> I'll have a whole section on accidental. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Have have the uh, have the audiobook read by Scott Johnson. Oh so my be gosh. Like, uh, and then we decided to create the wait what uh, the podcast. Create the podcast. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, somebody asked me to do a, Someone asked me to do an audiobook read once, and I it, the book ended up getting canceled, so I didn't do it. But I just thought, oh man, I'm gonna have to sit and read a whole book in front of a mic. <laughs> y'all get ready to edit uh, take hours of <laughs> yeah it's not going to be good in post all right uh well bill it's always a pleasure do you have a you have a little bonus around uh, for us today anything special i do quick recommendation from our friends over at tested so they do their premium videos um which are great and whenever i work with them we usually film premium videos and they don't end up on youtube but occasionally they do so they just put one of their model behavior videos up on youtube where Norm and I paint these little model cars, and we try and get a shiny like automotive finish on them, and it's really great. You should go check it out. Oh yeah, check it out. Oh, very cool. Look at you. Yeah, look at Norm and you hanging out. I listen to Norm's. Uh, I listen to the Tested podcast still, and um, he has a baby now, and it cracks me up because babies are fun, and it's fun to hear him talk about baby stuff. <laughs> I don't know why I put it that oh, way. These are great. Yeah, yeah. So this is like got that that cool. Um, I'm guessing undercoat with the sparkle yeah, to, yeah. to make the car shiny. I love that. Like the old uh, 
Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels cars had that kind of finish to them. I love that. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to replicate in that video. It's super fun. Oh, very cool. Very nice. And if you if you like it, then there's more of that over at tested.com slash premium where they do their uh, premium videos and you get a cool thing from uh from Adam, usually a poster or something every year. Sexy. Well this, yeah, it's all, this all sounds good. <laughs> Bill Duran, everybody, PunishProps.com, Punish Props uh, everywhere you look, like YouTube and all that. But you can also find them on Twitter at ChinBeard. Uh, thanks, dude. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Bill doing well in our... Uh, I, I want to reiterate something, Brian. Yes. Um, I started this... I did a survey, and the survey was yeah. basically yeah. rate the segments that we do on the show. And it was everything from people like Bill's segment... To stuff you and I do, pre-show banter, the news, songs right. and music, blah, 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 all that. And uh, a lot of people took that as, <gasps> they're going to cut somebody. <laughs> we're, we're deciding whose paycheck to, to eliminate. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. We're it's, no. it's more of a just like, get it a little temperature of it. If something's a little low, I want to think of ways to improve that segment. That's all. Whatever right. it may be. And if it's all stuff we're, I mean, I'm ha- actually, I guess it's, I'm happy to report that pre-show banter Actually, anything involving you and I is is like perfect scores. We're not killing. We're not dying okay. at all on, yeah. over there. But any anywhere where it's a little, so we weak, can still we can still talk to each other. Scott is what you're saying. <laughs> we can still have a podcast that is primarily discussion between me and Brian. <laughs> we're not going to change that. I know, but the rest of it, you know, little things here and there. Mike Mike could use a little yeah. boost or a tweak or just even sometimes mm-hmm. just the way you look at it. Like, well, maybe that one's a little too long, or maybe that one's too short, or. Maybe sure. what they bring to the show, they we should ask them to do this. Like, it's not to cut anybody. It was never that. But some people got worried about it, including some of those people. Oh, they sent me texts and said, um, if you're going to chop me, just let me know ahead of time. And I'm like, what are oh, you talking no, about? Really? Like, I'm not chopping anybody. Oh, I bet I know who that was. Yeah, you might. Probably Wendy. God, she's so sensitive. <laughs> Wendy has no idea I'm even doing it. That's the best part. I know. Yeah. She has no idea. All right. Let's do... Um, who? Justin. Justin. Yeah. Oh, who's also just tanking in the polls. Just tanking. Is he tanking in the polls? Polls. Oh, yeah. Look at that. His score is so freaking low. I don't know how <laughs> we're going to make it through this. These are their stories. Oh, I'm terrible with names. Welcome to the program, Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Hi, friends. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It worked Oops. right away, and you sound great. Holy crap. What's oh, that about? jeez. Well, I'm sure I'm going to tank in this stupid survey of yours. Like everybody else talks about things that they like. Like, I'm the only one who talks about things that (laughs) make make people angry and upset. Look, you're all, I told you this by text. You're you're up in the high numbers. You're all good. Echelon, the upper echelon, because you, you do it with such love and honesty, even though it's something you hate. It's something we kind of all hate, so (laughs) I love it. I'll talk about it all day, which is evidenced by the fact that I talk about it all day and write yeah. about it for money right uh, yeah i was gonna but, say but yeah no i was just figuring like everybody else was like oh man i would like to be a maker comic I books about, i would like i like movies. technology i like the self-exploration uh uh i like movies and then i'm like anyway here's things that deliberately divide half the country <laughs> and do nothing but cause rage and anger in the host that you've spent so much time listening to well it's all good because uh I really like. So you're saying we shouldn't bring on Third Eagle for our new religion segment? No, 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 no. No, Third yeah, Eagle. no. Bring him on because I know I'll, I'll need some company in the basement of this server. 
Yeah, he's the he's kind of the worst, but he he also loves us. Uh, check this out. Where'd you get your body from? See, he's a real creeper. Anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, that sounds like a dance song. <laughs> it does yeah. a little bit. I know that doesn't need a beat. Uh, you got uh, you got a couple of Democratic primary or uh, d- debates under your belt uh, now. Debates happened. So excited that yeah. people are actually fake yelling at each other. <laughs> are you? Uh, <laughs> Are you, um, okay, Uh, let me get something out of the way, and then I want to ask you a specific question. The thing I want to get out of the way is uh, Democrats suck at getting out of their their own way. Like, they need, okay, this is Scott's opinion. Mm -hmm. This should be a mandate on Trump, not a sit around and bicker about shit that you can work out later. Like, don't divide further opinions and make you even harder to elect by scrapping about stuff that is it's fine to scrap about but gosh dang it this entire election is a referendum on the president that's it that's it that's it that's it that's all they should be focused on and they're driving me slightly crazy all right that being said joe biden yeah. no, no longer as a shiny bulb as he was uh uh the week prior what happened there because no sure. one expected that well here hold on but before before we go any further let me just say that i do slightly disagree with you just from an electability argument because i i think that when you are very invested, obviously, in the process, then uh, I think what you're saying, Scott, is a natural reaction that you're like, no, you're hurting each other. That, that there's a you all have a finite HP. And and if you are spending that HP uh, to fight with each other, then you will have less HP when you go to face the big boss at uh, uh, the end. And I would make the argument that this is not an element of HP, but rather XP. And what you do is you gain XP by vanquishing your rivals. I think that fighting amongst each other during these debates is is probably better, specifically to 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 uh, head up against Donald Trump. Uh, certainly, the placid uh, uh, nobody's really disagreeing about much. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we're caring too much about your damn emails. Primary last season did not produce a candidate that beat Donald Trump. Mm, so mm. I, I think that Kamala Harris coming out of that second debate, which is what you asked about with the Joe Biden thing, that shows that somebody can take the bull by the horns and say, no, this is what I want to talk about. And I'm going to do, I'm going to benefit my campaign by damaging your campaign because at the end of the day, that's who's going to be the most uh, uh, fortified are the people that have uh, some some victories, some uh, uh, you know some 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 scalps, uh, uh, you know, on their belt from from a hard fought primary. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them trading paint, and I think based on the fact that Kamala Harris is now, she basically doubled in, in the uh, the CNN poll that came out that really was the most reactionary to the debates. A few of them have come out, but CNN was the most uh, uh, showed the most movement. Joe Biden tanked. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris like doubled. She was at six. Now she's at twelve. That's a big, big, big swing. And you can, oh. you know, count that uh, or, or uh, base that on just their their interaction interaction that the two of them had about um, uh, the busing and the uh, uh, education, the discussion that they had that uh, she kind of called them on the carpet for. Yeah. Sure, and, and and that's the thing is like strategically, when you look at exactly what happened, I think it was far more of a loss for Biden than it was a win for Kamala Harris because mm-hmm. uh, Kamala Harris can make that statement, but it's up to Joe Biden to decide that he's going to engage with that statement. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that Joe Biden yeah. decided that he wanted to make 
a uh, on a a broadcast where 19 million people were watching many of them for the first time plugging back into this political sphere that he wanted to argue uh, as set up by his opponent a vote that happened when bewitched was in its first season <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> like uh is kind of wild to me i, I feel like uh, yeah. joe biden at this point has the record to say hey look i've I've, I've, I've paved a road for 40 years on mm -hmm. civil rights. You can check the, the whole and totality of my record. We can go back and argue about the shape of various stones along the way. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, to me, and I think what the American people care about is, is the whole of what I've done and what I'm going to do going forward. Uh, instead, he decided to argue that he was on the side of states' rights in a civil rights argument, which is uh insane and and to me yeah. shows more of a weakness of joe biden as a candidate uh because again he could have avoided it if he wanted to he didn't mm -hmm. and uh, he mm -hmm. paid for it now i got a guy who yeah. said to me after these debates um because i maybe it was before them and it was based on our conversation last tuesday as we were getting ready for them but i was a little i, I think Buddha judge did okay but it was a little yeah. understated right and i think part of that's the cloud hanging over him from his stuff He's struggling with at home and South Bend and all that. But yeah. but uh, I had said something either on the show or otherwise where I'd said, I think he's a really smart guy, so he's interesting to me. I like smart people talking smart stuff. Mm -hmm. And this guy wrote mm -hmm. in with his huge long email. And I know you warned me, Justin. You warned me about the Bernie emails. I knew you, I know you did, okay? <laughs> I know that you did, and I listened to you, but I didn't take it that seriously. I was like, ah, eh, whatever. Can't be worse than these Trump people. Guy writes in and tells me that Pete Buttigieg is, quote, a racist pig and is only the only difference between he and Trump is that he's gay, is what he told me. Yeah. I don't know even what to say. What do I say to that? I don't know what to say. Like, oh, <laughs> oh thanks. I appreciate the info. This is great. It's like I just Appreciate got directions. Clearing that, that up for me. Yeah. I appreciate the feedback. Thank you for listening. But anyway, That's, that that I, aside, I yeah. felt like he, he uh, under delivered but i still think he's really smart and i like listening to him and i think he has look, good ideas here's here's the thing for mayor pete uh and, and for the record my point about before i get emails my point about the bernie emails bernie emailers are that they are the top one percent of the one percent of emailers <laughs> they 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 email a lot uh uh they they are very passionate they're true believers and and they get their opinion out there uh in fact i'm thinking about on this episode the next episode of politics 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 we've had too calm a discourse in my email uh, over the last few years that I kind of feel like it's now time where I just need to make the clarion call that you can write in your angry emails, but you just have to write them in all caps and tell me that I have to read them in the angry email. <laughs> you can yell I like at me. that. I like that. You can yell at me. That's fine. But I'm. I just want to portray your rage. Uh, uh, in an auditory manner that let, lets all of us get the true essence of it. So, right. We'll build a segment around it. That's smart. I like it. No, yeah. Well, that's what I used to do is I would just have the angry because people get fired up about stuff, obviously. And, and you know, they'll they'll take a thing that I said the wrong way or they'll take a thing I said the right way and just disagree with it. And they just want to light into me. So it's just at least I can make content. Out of it. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah. So uh, Mayor Pete, look, um, I think Mayor Pete had a very effective debate uh, just in his answer on the South Bend thing alone. I think that nationally, the. There's only so much that the national audience is going to care about that. Uh, uh, and, you know, right. 
and there, there's the million uh, uh, miles worth of, uh, of cultural commentary that we can have about how fast we move on from these kinds of shootings, but that's another show. As far as Mayor Pete goes, uh, that was what he needed to do during that debate. He needed to look like he belonged on stage, unlike other uh, white guys I know uh, named Beto or the night before. Or, mm. or uh, strange drunk woman on the far left of the... Uh, Mary oh, Williamson! We will get to Mary Williamson in a second. Yeah. Mayor Pete, here's the deal for Mayor Pete. Um, if Joe Biden evaporates, then uh, he is probably going to pivot harder into the moderate camp because there will be a gigantic void for moderate candidates. Uh, he has already, if not in his legislation, in his campaign, angled himself as more of a moderate kind of guy. He talks about religion a lot. He's obviously trying to uh, uh, appeal to a certain Midwestern demographic. So uh, he needs to win Iowa. If you care about Mayor Pete, literally, don't worry. As long as it's polling in the top five, uh, he's fine nationally. You want to watch his Iowa polls because he's got to win Iowa because he's not going to win New Hampshire because between Bernie and Biden, they're like so known up there. And uh, he's not going to win South Carolina because he doesn't do well with African-Americans and he doesn't do well with evangelicals. So that knocks South Carolina out. So Iowa, if you go over three and you're not even close to like, you know, the top two, that's pretty much when uh, uh, people start like living. Eh, why don't you think about who you're going to endorse? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Now, look, can we talk about the lady, though? Because she's... Marianne Williamson, my she... favorite thing. All right, I'm going to tell you something right now. I said it during the uh, I said it during the live show that I did uh, on Saturday. Thank you to anybody who came out for that, by the way. Uh, somebody emailed me this, and it's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Uh, just one simple sentence. Marion Williamson looks like Michael Jackson. Like late. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does. She kind of yeah. does. I'm telling you, the cheekbones, the hair length, the nose, yeah. it is It is all there. It is all happening at the zoo, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So wow. uh, here's the deal. Marion Williamson is a kook. She's an anti-vaxxer. Uh, she knows Oprah. She's an anti-vaxxer. Um, and she writes books. <laughs> uh, All right. Which, 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 by the way, ironically, makes her more of a danger to children than Michael Jackson. Yeah, so uh, I agree. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're that. talking life and limb, sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so, uh, so hold on a second, though. Yeah. She, so uh, I've, I felt like she's almost. If I was conspiratorial, I would say she was a plant in order to make it so. What's her name on SNL had a really good impression coming up. You know what I mean? Like I can't remember her name. Uh, what's her name? It's that uh, Marion. I don't know. No, Marianne on Williams. SNL, the Please. SNL lady. Uh, the, oh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Oh, Kate McKinnon. Kate sure. McKinnon is yeah. like. It's, is she still on or did she leave? No, she's still on. She's still, still on. on. She's perfect for this. Even if she wasn't still on, she'd come, she'd come back for this because she's. So, I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna survive the summer because uh, there's another debate in Detroit at the end of July. And then the ones after that, they actually raise the uh, the bar to entry. So right now, it's you have to pull one percent in three qualifying polls and have a certain amount of unique donors. So not amount of money, but amount of people that have donated to your campaign. Mm -hmm. And they are raised that getting unique donors 
It's actually this whole fascinating thing that's happening right now. And by fascinating, I mean, I find it interesting and it's going to bore the paint off of everybody's houses while I, you know, prattle on. But <laughs> the way that people are, that some of these candidates like Kirsten Gillibrand uh, or... See, and that's, and that's who I thought that Kate McKinnon would do is, is uh, Gillibrand for mm-hmm. sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the way that... Um, the way that that uh, that like candidates like that are making their individual donor threshold is by spending a ton of money. In fact, an insustainable amount of money on digital advertising. Mm. So they're like going out and all their ads, you can see them on Facebook and, and uh, stuff like that, are just them saying like, hey, donate a dollar. You don't you might not even like me. In fact, here, go to this website and you can donate a dollar to a bunch of candidates. And that's where stuff like Act Blue comes in. Anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is going to be unsustainable for the longer that it goes and the higher that those thresholds get, the harder candidates like Marion Williamson are going to find uh, the, to do it. So I think by the time that the fall debates roll around, I don't know if we're going to see Marion Williamson's uh, unique brand of uh, crazy. Yeah. Do you um, do you feel like uh, having them do the random draw to separate the candidates was a better method than... Um, doing it as just kind of the low, the low card and the high card kind of thing, like they did last year. I like it time. better than the JV debate thing because I do believe okay. that uh, uh, we learned a lot. Some we, chance. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we, we learned a lot on night one. I think that obviously, in a perfect world, you would probably separate the top six, like three on one, three on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, mm. in the way that the, the, the random draw kind of uh, worked out, it was four of the top five ended up. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I think five of the number six two. ended up on one on on night two. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think you could uh, uh, divvy it up a little bit more. But to be totally honest, I I loved having uh, more space there, and I don't think that right now, this early, that you should be because if you put people on a JV stage, you're basically saying your campaign's over. That's yeah, like right. That's true. Because people just say, "Oh, I'm just going to watch night two. I'm not going to watch the JV, and and they're only going to they the." the the higher ranking candidates are only going to get more and more high ranking and the, the lower ones are just yeah well I mean, and even before last cycle they did the jv debates before the big debates so it was like the jv mm-hmm. debates were happy hour right and then mm-hmm. the the big debates were were at prime time and it was like okay well then what the hell are we doing like who cares about any of these people and a lot of them wind up skipping it so uh yeah i, I think the way they did it now was good not great because if it was great, it would be my idea, which is to have the top two polling candidates, which in this case would be Biden and Bernie, pick their debate slate like dodgeball, like like school. Oh, wow. Dodgeball. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the drama? People would be like, yeah, he didn't pick me because he's ducking me. And imagine yeah. if he do it again, if Biden could do it again. And now we just make sure that Kamala Harris <laughs> is not. He's on, on Bernie's. Like, oh, no, uh-uh. Not falling. Fool me, fool me once. Shame on me, Kamala. You you go on uh, Bernie's side. And then she's the last one picked. That would have been huge. That would have been funny. So do you think uh, interesting. do you think that oh. they do you think their exchange in that second debate ensures that there will there will not be a Biden Kamala Harris ticket combined ticket? Because uh, a lot of, that's what will probably happen here. Some some of the two candidates will team up and you'll have a presidential and vice presidential candidate you know, cater made and ready to go. That, that really doesn't happen all that often though. Mm. Like uh, that, that's what everybody kind of wants to happen. But I think the last time it did happen was uh, probably Carrie Edwards. Mm. And that was, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things uninspiring about the Carrie Edwards mm-hmm. ticket, but uh, 
uh, that was certainly, you know, one of them. Uh, but no, normally people wind up. Well, no, 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 no. It was it was Biden. Yeah, because Biden ran, but Biden dropped out so fast that he was barely in. I mean, he dropped oh. out like right at Iowa. So uh, he, he was barely in the race, but I guess he was technically in the race. Right. But yeah. usually it's like people want like, oh, Hillary, Bernie, Hillary, Bernie or, or you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh you know, Trump, Ted Cruz or something like that. Like, but like the final two that it comes down to, people are like, you know, people are so excited about this. This would be really great. The reason why that doesn't happen a lot of times is because of what you just said. A, there's either bad blood mm-hmm. where you feel like, all right, maybe we had like a non-aggression pact and then you went back on it or I can't trust you or you're too ambitious or you're, you're going to, you're not going to be on the team. But a lot of times people want vice presidents that will shut up and be vice president and will be happy mm-hmm. to sit down and go to all the state dinners that the president doesn't want to go to and just not rock the boat. Sure. If you haven't seen the lady we were talking about earlier, I forgot her name already. What's her name? The stoner lady? Catherine. Catherine. Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. If you want to have a really good time, just go dig through her Twitter for an afternoon. It's fan freaking tastic. (laughs) It's all like inside your soul and freaking healing crystals and all kinds of BS. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful Twitter account and should be looked at by wow. everyone. You also said that vaccination laws were Orwellian, uh, uh, apparently forgetting to realize that George Orwell died of tuberculosis, <laughs> which we now have a vaccine for. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is that true? Yeah, look it up. That's amazing. All right. Burn. Sick burn. All right. Yeah. Uh, here's the good news. Today, tonight, I'm on the I'm on your wackadoo show. I'm on the I'm on the uh, night attack tonight. <laughs> You're on night attack, huh? I, I am. I'm your guest. So treat me accordingly. No, I don't do whatever you want with me. I guess use my body. I don't care. Uh, but that's tonight. That is that is like really like you just showed up to like a <laughs> a, a, a soccer fundraiser and you're like, well, all right, whatever. And I'll get my clothes off. <laughs> It's just a talk show, Scott. It's just a talk show. We get to talk. It's going to be great. I'm excited about it. I've been uh, (laughs) trying to lock a date down forever, and we finally, uh, Bryce and I finally got something worked out. So I'm excited to be on and do whatever it is we do tonight with you and Schwood and Bryce and anyone else who feels like joining in. Very excited. I I will tell you what, and actually, I'm shocked that I have not pitched this to you before personally. Mm. Uh, I think both of you guys, Scott and Brian, you guys would really love this. Uh, There was a show. By the name of Something's Off with Andrew Heaton, uh, starring Andrew Heaton, who is a comedian and a political pundit. Uh, it was for The Blaze, and he has since parted ways with them. But today, me and Brian are actually recording the first episode of his new podcast. But uh, I think, Scott, he he is uh, uh, far more than I am a, a political ideological match for you. Really, uh, I think he would you would very much enjoy him, and he is a very, very, very goofy person. Like the, I think part of the reason why I didn't work with him in the Blaze was that like literally half his show was him just writing fake ads that created this extended universe of diners in the Dallas Metroplex area <laughs> that were defining themselves as either serving and cooking your entire meal on horseback, or. <laughs> The, the the rival diner that promises no horses will ever come within five feet of your food. <laughs> wow. It sounds like something I would like. Someone in the chat says he's not with the blaze anymore, but uh No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So they parted he parted ways. Oh, he did uh, part ways, they were saying okay. a couple uh like about a month ago actually, and uh he is recording his new show today. So it should be out at some point over the next 
uh, a few weeks, but I'll make sure to plug it. But if you want to just go back and listen to some of those sub things off with Andrew Heaton uh, episodes, they are they are very very funny. He wrote that he was it was a five day a week show, and he wrote a fake ad and a monologue by himself for every one of those shows. Like we do, I mean, you guys do a, a, a five shows a week, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. And that's taxing, and you guys are just reading news articles and talking to each other and t- telling y'all what what happened the day before. That dude was like like writing stuff. I was like, oh my god, as somebody who's wow. close to doing that, you are a crazy human being. And he's like, yes, I'm not doing it anymore. It's going to be a weekly show going forward. Oh yeah, like, no, doing that on job. the daily, you you need a million dollars. You need a huge contract to get that on the daily. That's insane. Yeah, and I don't think he did. We're but already insane. That, We're already insane but for what be, we do. It's going to be great stuff. So, uh, uh, people, uh, that'll that'll be my my plug today. Is go back and listen. In fact, if you only have one episode to listen to, go back and listen to the Something's Off Christmas special. Ninety uh, percent of which is not politically re- related at all. There's like one point in which the ghost of Christmas past is Bernie Sanders. Uh, uh, other than that, <laughs> it is all horse related. And it is bizarre and hilarious. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. Wow. All right. Well, fantastic. That's a thing you can do. The other plug is check us out tonight. Night Attack. I'll be there. What time do you guys do that? I forget. (laughs) I should figure that out. Three shows at six, shows at seven uh, Pacific time. So I'll move it up one hour for you guys. And then uh, uh, we usually have the guest on uh, 15 minutes in uh, to, so it'll be about 8.15. About 8.15 my time, yeah. That sounds yeah. right. Well, I'm excited because uh, I'm done in a while. It's been it's been ages. Yeah. Uh, and just just real, real, real quick, Jedi seventy one says the Blaze, huh? Doesn't sound like my cup of tea. The week before he uh, parted ways with the Blaze, uh, part of the reason why there there he, he suspects that there might have been some uh, discontent was that he was uh, vehemently advocating for the impeachment of Donald Trump and talking about the time he did psychedelic mushrooms. Wow. So wow. He was certainly not, despite the fact that he had the set where Tommy Lauren used to be. Mm-hmm. He was certainly not in that, uh, uh, the, the, the blaze, uh, the blazes, uh, hive mind. And, uh, Glenn Beck still, still all, he, he's, he's still flip flopped over to the Trump side again. Right. Because for a while there, he was pretending like he was anti and then, then his fans rejected it. And then he was like, well, wait, I guess I'm pro Trump then. That's still a thing. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't follow the, the ins and outs of uh, Glenn Beck. Really. The only thing I know about Glenn Beck is when I went to go do Andrew's show, I went to the blaze in Dallas. I went to their headquarters and found out that Glenn Beck major cinephile. Like he owns a lot of movie memorabilia. Wow. Hmm. Uh, and he also has a real eye for set dressing. So those are the two, uh, uh compliments. Although I think he's, I remember planning on opening his own now uh, planet Hollywood or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I actually I think I remember texting Scott because uh, uh, I was on his set and he always has those like crazy uh, like serial killer whiteboards yeah. of like all of his like theories and diagrams and mm-hmm. like charts or whatever. Yep. Uh, uh, and I remember just taking pictures of all of them and sending them to Scott like without warning. Like here are Glenn Beck's whiteboards. And it was freaky. Some of it. Some of it was freaky. Like end of world, end times. Like a lot of that stuff. Which I know is his, you know, that's part of his bag, but I don't know. Yeah, that's that's. But he also owns one of the. uh, He owns the uh, an editing machine that he's that is suspected to have edited. It's a wonderful life. Whoa, really? I told a major cinephile. I'm not. I'm not saying that because he owns a few replica Darth Vader helmets. Like this (laughs) food 
has like ridiculous amounts of movie props. Man, that's like having a whole. It's like having the whole Predator suit or something like that. That's amazing. No, yeah, I think he's got he's got the 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 necklace from Titanic. One really? of the original. One of the original um, Darth Vader like full outfits. And then some other stuff. I don't know. There's a bunch of wild stuff, man. He loves movies. Hmm. And also, they shoot on the same in the same compound that they used to shoot Barney yeah. and RoboCop. Wow, really? <laughs> it's just funny that those two things are in the same place. Yeah. Let alone. Yeah, but they have <laughs> one of them. Like they the have one thing. of the old Barney trees. When you walk through their little bullpen area, they have one of the old Barney trees behind glass. But nailed into it is the Constitution, which is like <laughs> the most Glenn Beck thing I could I could think in terms of iconography. Right, that's like a party awesome. Tree with the with with the Constitution nailed into it. That's my the greatest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because I love you, you love me sounds a little too socialist. I kind of agree. <laughs> you don't yeah. have you don't have to turn the contrast too far to make purple into red. <laughs> And now I'm just picturing a big slobbery looking, uh, tainted uh, purple dinosaur trying to cross the street while a car just smears it up its window. That's right. Robocop reference. Take it easy, Justin. We'll see you tonight. Oh, whoops. It didn't. I'll buy that for a dollar. I can't Bye. hang up on you. Bye. Bye. There he goes. Oh, he made his own reference to Robocop. He did. I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar, he said. That's great. Classic. I'd the buy classic. that for a dollar. All right, we are done for the day. Um, it was very good having Brian 30 back. Thirty seconds to comply. Thirty seconds to comply. That's all we have left before the Ed Two Thousand mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it's called is going to shoot us all up to pieces. That's right. So be like Ronnie Cox and get the H out of here. Um, <laughs> here we go. Patreon.com/slash/tms is how you support this fine show. Please do it if you'd like to. We'd love it. You don't have to, but we'd love it if you did. And for those that do, we really appreciate it. So thank you guys very much. It's a brand new month. Time to get in. Time to get hopping. That's patreon.com slash TMS. Frogpants.com slash TMS for everything else you're looking for. Brian, we should play a song. you have one? Let's play a song. This one's going out to uh, Dad Beeman, who says, Hey, Scott and Brian, my dad, Russell Beeman, is leaving for Korea in a month. So we're going from Maryland to our hometown in Texas for two weeks with a three-day drive there. I was wondering if you could pick any song you think would be relative to our situation. Preferably family-friendly, as the whole family would be listening. A song about family, road trips, or both, if possible. Oh, yeah. Is it too early to get a fish sandwich? Oh, man. No. Maybe. Hold on. Is it? Is it? Well, okay. Maybe. That's a little bit. I like fishing. No. We asked for more. No. (laughs) There it is. Hey, it's too early to get a fish sandwich. There it is. Sorry. Perfect. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, so the one I decided to go with is a, a cover of Born to Run. Now, um, Born to Run, one of the classic road trip songs. A lot of the versions that I have are, uh, covers that are done with like slow acoustic, the baby we were born, you know, you just kind of mellow it out. Mm-hmm. I wanted one that rocks. So I had to go back a few years to uh, a version by Susie Quattro. If you remember her, she was involved kind of tangentially with the runaways. She herself wasn't a runaway until... Um, I think kind of a reunion uh, situation when Joan Jett didn't want to come back to the runaways. I think Susie Quattro uh, filled in for, but this is a version that she recorded for, uh, or that they released as part of the uncut born to run 2003 CD Uh, to cover Bruce Springsteen's born to run. Here is Susie 
Quattro. All right. We'll see you guys. When will we see them? We'll see them tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Brian will be, I'm going to predict, you're going to be 78 tomorrow. 78%. I'm hoping to hit the 80s because I'm, I'm going to lift today. So I'm going to hope to uh, uh, to, to be in the 80s. All right. Well, we'll make, see. don't let anyone lick your steering wheel this time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, thank you all for being here. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Disassembled. Disassembled. Mm, that wasn't even that wasn't even number five. That wasn't even short circuit. No.